In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. She was a comely woman and not without prospects. Therefore, it was heartbreaking to her mother that she would enter into a marriage with Craig Kikowski, <laughs> a known improviser and podcaster, a man of notoriously vicious and intemperate disposition. That's the opening title card for today's Craigslist. I feel like you changed it a little bit. <laughs> we all we always open every episode with that. You don't recall? No, I mean you changed the actual opening. You switched out some names. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. I put in Craig Kikowski. It's uh, it's William Money in the film. Hi guys, we're talking about uh, Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven today. I'm Craig. I'm Carla. And this is Craig's List. Uh, Unforgiven is my 85th favorite movie of all time. There's Benny in the background. He's shaking his leash. <laughs> his collar. <laughs> his collar. Uh, and uh, and hopefully he'll shut up for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> uh, Carla, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It is. I love it. It's you, the best time of year. Christmas That's in song I just made up in Los Angeles. Yep, it is. It's so quiet, and it's actually chilly this year. The past couple years, it hadn't been very chilly. It's very cold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can you by just... very cold we mean like sixty five degrees? <laughs> sixty five degrees. We're freezing our asses off here, people. What is it getting down to at night? Like forty five. Yeah, there was frost on the ground on the grass yesterday when I was walking Benny. It's crazy. We're wearing uh, anoraks. <laughs> it's 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 really cold here, people. So. Hopefully you'll have a little bit of sympathy for us. Can you describe Benny's uh, Christmas sweater for the listener? Sure. It's – well, I can't see it. I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> okay. So the answer is no. You would be the better to describe. No. He's over by you. Um, Benny is wearing a red and green Christmas sweater with Frosty the Snowman on it. Or a snowman. I should yeah. assume that it's Frosty. Uh, and just because, um, you already let the cat out of the bag or the dog out of the bag, I should say yesterday on another podcast, <laughs> we should let everybody know we're getting another dog. We are getting another dog and that podcast has not aired yet. Uh, so in, I let it out of the bag in private, uh, but on a podcast that will be released at some in point. February so now this March. is, this is actually the podcast Good. that is. I want us to say it first. Okay. So you're controlling the yes, news now. Exactly. I'm controlling yeah. how the news is released in this house. Tell, <laughs> tell me about the dog we're getting, Carla. We're getting, uh, we work with this, um, uh, charity, uh, called Frosted Faces Foundation. One of our sponsors. Right. Exactly. Uh, but they rescue senior dogs from the shelters who were abandoned by their families. And from certain death. And from certain death. This little pup happened to be on the youth list the other morning. And the founder of Frosted Faces put out an email or a message on Facebook looking for a, um, a new family for this pup. And I said yes. And then I told Craig <laughs> that I said yes. <laughs> We're still trying to decide on a name. Yeah. We Be don't, we don't have her yet. We won't get her for a couple of weeks because she has to be vetted and, um, she's getting some rotten teeth fixed. That's what it's called when you go to the vet? Yep. They vet you? Yeah. Um, yeah, being a movie guy, uh, and trying to come up with a name for this dog, I've been looking over lists of best actresses and best actress nominees from yeah. the past and hoping like that a good old timey name will surface, but uh, I'll let you know when the name debuts. Do you want to let them know the names that are in the running? Um, Greta, Louise, Louisa, Louisa, Sophia. We're ending with a lot of uh sounds. Um, what were some others that we liked? Because we don't want to go for like a Benny and Betty. Yeah, we don't want thing. we I Benny love and Penny, Benny and Wendy. Wendy, I really love. I would totally name a dog Wendy, except it sounds too much like Benny, and that yeah. would be confusing. Um, anyways, okay, so that's our update, and we're back in town in Los Angeles. For a while now. For a while. Yeah, until we're, the we're settled fest. in. 
And we're watching a lot of Christmas movies too. Mm-hmm. I mean, movies that come out for prestige season. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been watching Christmas movies. Oh, okay. I watched White Christmas, which, which is, is like your favorite. My fave. Yeah. Um, that and Christmas Vacation are my two favorite Christmas movies. Did you watch Christmas Vacation? Not yet. yet? I'm okay. going to actually watch it on Christmas Day. Okay. And then I watched A Very Murray Christmas, which is that Netflix special that Bill Murray did. Yeah, I watched like 10 minutes of it it's and couldn't, couldn't get into it. Why is it so terrible? Um, Because it's really just an excuse for all these people to get together and sing songs, but like half of the actors can't really sing. <laughs> it's weird, yeah. including Bill Murray. Yeah. Is he doing his lounge lizard character? No, he's playing Bill Murray. Yeah. I don't I, understand it. I think I watched like 10 minutes and I'm like, I don't understand this either. Actually, I, I'm going to put out a call for anybody listening who likes – a very Murray Christmas. If you could explain it to us, explain um, what's so great about it. Yeah. Tweet us at what is it again? <laughs> Craigslist Peacast. Yeah. Craigslist Peacast. Peacast. That's a really good Peacast. Peacast. <clears throat> we uh, need it these days. That's right, Carla. Let's not talk about politics. Okay. Well, but we normally do like a solid half hour on politics. <laughs> 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 what else did you watch? This week, Carla. We watched um, Nocturnal Animals. We went to the... Oh, that's right. We went to the cinema. To the cinema. I saw that. I did an Amy Adams double feature on that day. You also saw Arrival. I've I not saw seen Arrival, Arrival yet, yeah. but I will. Um, Nocturnal Animals is uh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, it, if you could just watch it without the sound on, it might be interesting. Mm-hmm. Although I do like the music in it. The acting was good. The music was good. The photography was really pretty. Okay, so you like the way it looked and the way it sounded. But the content was <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I wonder if it ties in your feelings about that movie will tie into your feelings about this movie today. I did think about that actually. <sighs> I'm just uh wiping down my soapbox. Okay. To get ready to start. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to wipe it down? I don't Is that soap I all over? I started or? crying on it the other day when I was talking to my Republican parents. You were you were crying on your soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, this week's movie is Unforgiven, uh, directed by Clint Eastwood. This is a 1992 film. It's a western. I would say a revisionist western, um, and it won Best Picture in uh, the Academy Awards in 1992, uh, as well as Best Director for Mr. Eastwood, Best Supporting Actor for Mr. Gene Hackman, and Best Editing. And it was nominated for a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, this is the story of uh, William Money, who is uh, played by Clint, who is a uh, – uh, now he's a farmer, but he used to be a uh, notorious uh, killer and gunfighter and drunk. And uh, he gets back in the game. He's approached by this kid who calls himself the Schofield Kid. And uh, there's a call out in this town, Big Whiskey, Wyoming, to uh, – defend a a group of whores i'm just gonna say it whores uh uh, prostitutes uh one of whom had her uh face slashed by a john uh and so the uh the prostitutes want uh this want revenge on the men who did it and so they've put out a bounty and so the schofield kid recruits uh will who hasn't uh done anything like this in years and uh he in turn recruits his friend uh ned roundtree played by Morgan Freeman, and complications ensue. Yep. That was a very good description of the movie. Good job. (laughs) It was. Carla, you uh, had seen this movie before. I had. So I we went into this one thinking that I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) And we came out of this knowing. My memories of watching this, and we, we figured after talking it out that I probably saw it on the boat. That same around the same time that I saw what was the one that we just watched the, with the kid and the and the British people, <laughs> Time Bandits. Yep. Um, and I had remembered liking this movie. Okay. But when we started watching it, I was like, I don't remember one thing about this film. Do you think it's another one where you fell asleep and pretended to no, like it? No, okay. no, because then at the end, I do, I did remember the end when it happened. I remembered it. So, but I think I liked it when we watched it in 2007. Um, not the case anymore so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly the movie hasn't changed. The movie hasn't changed. Carla must have changed. Carla changed. 
How did you change in nine years? I don't know. I, I've grown, I guess. Um, do you want my opinion on it now or should we wait? Well, let me start talking about some of the things that I love about this movie. And you can, I'm so polite. You can take them down. I'm such a girl. In turn. May I speak my feelings, sir? <laughs> no, not yet. Okay, I shall wait. Uh, I like it because it's, uh, it's an anti-Western and it's, uh, it's basically a movie about, um, destroying the myth of the Wild West and uh, destroying the iconography of heroes and villains. And about how awful it is to kill somebody mm. and how difficult it is and the toll that it exacts on somebody who is uh, a murderer and that it's uh, it's not a good or noble thing even to enact revenge. Uh, it's a it's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a cycle of revenge uh, you you can't get out of. And, uh, I think the movie does a, a great job of making the idea of, uh, of killing somebody horrible. So it's, uh, you know, Western is the most like good versus evil genre of all movie genres. And it's the one that's maybe be, maybe most tied into the American myth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Westerns are, are kind of an invention, uh, of the American film industry. And it's always, you know, white hat, black hat, good versus evil, hero versus villain. Uh, sheriff versus criminal. And, uh, this movie kind of upends all of that. The bad guy is the sheriff, uh, Gene Hackman. Um, though he's, he's Gene Hackman, so he's charming in places too. Uh, Clint Eastwood is kind of, you know, he's an old guy. He's got a couple of young kids. Uh, he doesn't remember how to ride a horse, can't get on his horse. Um, he doesn't drink anymore and they keep talking about his, the old days of how many people he killed and how rough he was. You don't, you can't really reconcile that with the guy you see on screen. Then he gets really sick and he's real pathetic for a while. And at the end, uh, he starts drinking again. So all it takes is, is it's Popeye spinach. It's one, it's what, no, it's one sip of whiskey. Oh. <laughs> one sip of whiskey. Um, and, uh, he's a stone cold killer again. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's also this whole other subplot uh, involving English Bob, played by uh, the great Richard Harris, Dumbledore, mm-hmm. um, who was another kind of mythic uh, figure. And he's got a biographer with him, W.W. Mm-hmm. Beauchamp, uh, who is trailing around English Bob to kind of uh, do his biography. And he has some uh, bad blood with Little Bill, uh, played by Gene Hackman. And... Uh, and Gene Hackman beats the shit out of him <laughs> and kind of throws him uh, in a cell and proceeds to kind of take the piss, to use an English expression, mm-hmm. uh, out of English Bob's uh, stories of heroism and uh, tells the story of how uh, English Bob is a coward mm-hmm. and uh and and this whole like famous gunfight that he was supposedly in was actually just this clusterfuck where he was lucky to get out alive. Um, so, you know, throughout the whole movie, there's a lot of kind of, uh, smashing, uh, icons throughout, which I like. Interesting. What did you think about all that? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've not, a, I've not seen a lot of Westerns. I'm not, it's not my genre. Um, I guess I've seen, I'm just really burnt out on these boy movies. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be more specific about these like, boy movies? They're just so <clears throat> masculine and it's all about the man's point of view and the man's experience. And I'm just. <sighs> yeah. Th- uh, thinking at, <laughs> thinking ahead throughout some of the movies we have coming up. I don't know if we're going to, I mean, this is my list. I know. So I don't know if we're going to break out of that pattern anytime soon. Well, it opens um, with a prostitute having sex <clears throat> With her John. <laughs> <laughs> you seem so uncomfortable just using those terms. And those are the clinical terms. Another prostitute in the, in the next room screaming and they run over and she's getting her face sliced up with a knife. Um, so that's how the movie starts. <laughs> and then, but then you think, okay, interesting. We're going to see how this woman deals with society after her face has been sliced up and she's a prostitute and how is she going to find a way to make a living and all that other stuff. And we see that for about three minutes and the rest of the film. 
but it becomes more about the men who It's not are, her story. It's not her story. Uh, the men who are hired to, yeah, get, uh, seek revenge for this thing that happened to her. <laughs> um, the best, the best scene in the movie, I think, is actually the movie with her and Clint Eastwood, where she goes to help him and bring him food. Yeah. And she offers, um, a free one, a free one to help pay for, the debt that they have that, you know, a free roll in the hay. Right. Yeah. Like we got it. <laughs> <laughs> She's offering to have sex with him. Yes. Exactly. And, and he won't have to pay for it. Yeah. And he says, uh, one. no, he's not interested. And she thinks it's because of her face. And then he's like, no, I would have sex with you, but I'm actually still in love with my wife who's dead. <laughs> but that was actually a sweet scene. I like, no, he doesn't scene. tell her that he doesn't she's tell dead her at that, that point. Dead. She finds out later. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Um, yeah, so it's just like a movie where these guys are like, pow, pow, pew, pew, with their guns. <laughs> and then this one guy, Gene Hackman's like, uh, I got the biggest balls in this town. Uh, I'm gonna push You're you guys around and I'm gonna be the winner at the end. And then Clint Eastwood comes in and like all sick and like weak. And then, yeah, all of a sudden he's like, no, I got the biggest balls. And then he does. And you know he does because he's Clint Eastwood and he directed the film. Um, and so he wins at the end. Yeah. I mean, we, at the end, we do get like that, uh, hero uh shooting down the villain scene that we're kind of uh craving you know which it kind of like turns its back on us which is like well here's that revenge scene you wanted uh but it's still it's still awful mm-hmm. <laughs> you know murder is awful the dialogue isn't great either in the movie do you agree i thought about this a lot uh i think if you were unkind you would say it's heavy-handed uh-huh. Uh, if you were kinder, you would say it's direct. And I prefer to think of it. It's like, it's very direct dialogue. The movie is very overt. So you're saying I'm unkind? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're telling me? If you didn't like the movie or if you liked the movie. Probably. Right, 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 right. Um, you just said I was unkind, everybody. Only in this context. Okay. You are the kindest, warmest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure Carla's quotes will bear that out. <laughs> Um, the, the screenwriter is David Webb Peoples. Uh, that can't be a real name. David Webb, David Webb Pe- Peoples? David Webb Peoples. Dev, David Webb Peoples. Da- I can't even say it. David Webb Peoples. David Webb Peoples. Everybody out, out there listening, say it five say times it. fast. David Webb Peoples. 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 That was six. Good job. Um, he wrote Blade Runner and 12 Monkeys. So his two other most. I've never seen Blade Runner. You've never seen Blade Runner? No. It's not on the list, but it is on my second hundred. Maybe I should watch it. Well, the sequel's coming out soon, so you should probably watch it before the sequel. Who says I'm going to see the sequel? (laughs) Who's in it? The sequel. Harrison Ford. Oh, really? Interesting. Did you know that Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher hooked up on the set of Star Wars? It's all over the internet. I know. It's blowing my mind. (laughs) And he like, every time she talks about it, he just kind of smiles and nods. (laughs) Like he won't comment on it. At least last thing I read about it, he wasn't commenting on it. Did they talk about it while doing a promotion for Force Awakens? Or is this only just come out? I don't know. I was reading something. I don't read gossip on the internet. but I I do. Yeah. I do. Uh, I see the headlines and I don't click on them. Oh, well, you should. That's how you waste a lot of time. <laughs> I waste. Oh, the the way to waste time. The is way to, to cl- waste time. Click on everything. The way to not think about uh, our impending deaths is to waste time on the internet. Thinking about a forty-year-old affair between two actors. <laughs> I love it. It makes so much sense. So uh, David Webb Peoples. David Webb Peoples wrote those two famous uh, sci-fi movies, which are quite. Oh, good. I love Twelve Monkeys. By the way, I love Twelve Monkeys. Is that on too. your top one? It's not on the top one. That's a real good movie. Yeah, a real good one. Although I haven't seen it in fifteen years, so maybe yeah, I would you're hate, it hate it now. now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's Terry Gilliam. I remember it blew my mind in the theater. I don't remember why though. At the very end, there's a big reveal. There is a big reveal. And I don't remember what it was. Let's not talk about it so I can watch it again <laughs> and experience it again. Uh, Bruce Willis is a ghost. Oh, right. I think that's a different movie. Oh, okay. Uh, David Webb Peoples. David Webb Peoples. David Webb Peoples. Uh, I think the, Dialogue uh, restates the themes of the movie in very overt ways throughout. Can I can I say too that I bet that Clint Eastwood rewrote a lot of this dialogue? He might have. I bet he did. Yeah. I I 
I would, I'd, I'd be willing to place a bet. Well, what he probably <laughs> does is, is to make it simpler. I would think that's, no, that's too many words. Take yeah. That on. I'm just going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good impression. <clears throat> um, and what about me, Carla? I am oh, also in the movie. So many Morgan Freemans in your in your top one hundred. <laughs> I love Morgan Freeman, <laughs> though. I'll, I'm, I'll tell you right now, listeners, Shawshank Redemption not in the top one hundred. How is that possible? It's number one on IMDb. They've got it covered. You're crazy. How you, is that possible? That's you, a great movie. It is a great movie. That's a much better movie than this movie. By how much? By like uh, <laughs> by a David Webb Peoples. <laughs> It clears it just by David Webb people. Yeah. Okay. That makes no sense. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I I think there's a lot of line, lines of dialogue I, I love in this, which is just like, uh, we all got it coming, kid. Uh, it's a terrible thing, killing a man. Um, I, I I just love it. One of my favorite moments is a Morgan Freeman moment, which is the moment where they finally cornered uh, one of the guys that they're supposed to kill. Uh, they're like up on a cliff and, uh, they've kind of got him, uh, with a, a rifle and they've got a shot, uh, or they, or they get him once in the foot, uh, and he's kind of like crawling off and they've got to do another shot to finish him. And Morgan Freeman, it's his rifle. So he's supposed to take the shot and, uh, he just aims and he aims and he aims and he, he looks at Clint Eastwood and he's like, will, Mm-hmm. And he just, he can't do it. He can't, uh, mm-hmm. kill the guy. He doesn't have it in him anymore. You're about to start crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> that might be, if I was ever on Cry Babies, if you're listening, Sarah Thayer, uh, <laughs> that might be one of the scenes that I do. And cause it's Morgan Freeman, it's just heartbreaking. Like he just brings so much humanity and depth to like yeah. the smallest moments. And so like the only line is he just says, will. Uh, and then Clint Eastwood has to take the, the gun from him and, and kill the guy. Let's give a harder shout out to Crybabies because we just listened to a bunch of it on our road trip. Yeah, we did we on love the road. It. it was a great, great you podcast. Guys, if you haven't listened to Crybabies, <clears throat> go look it up on iTunes right now. It's Sarah Thai and Susan Orlean and mm-hmm. it's people, uh, just various cues of things that make them cry. It could be movie, TV, music, book, whatever, something out there, or just something from life or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and people cry when they talk about it. Uh, I recommend the Jason Mantzoukas episode as a good gateway if you haven't listened to it yet. But uh, that's pretty. That's pretty popular. I bet more people listen to that than, than ours. Than ours. <laughs> I think you're right. Definitely. But I'm just saying, maybe there's that one person out there who needs to be listening to it. If you'd like to cry, and I do. Get By in. the way, I've I've talked to. Oh, I just interrupted you <laughs> no. so hard. That was like the. Worst. No, I like it. It's a more assertive Carla. <laughs> <laughs> She's breaking out of her shell. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. Moving Should we roll it back? Nope. What were you going to say? I don't know. Move on. I'll okay. remember. Well, let's- oh, I remember. <laughs> I was just saying we've said, hey, you guys out there listening like four times already. We never do that. Hey, you guys out there listening. Yeah. Uh, we apologize for saying that that many times. I don't apologize for anything anymore. Wow. Is it because you had that sip of whiskey? Yes. <laughs> wow, you're a totally different person. Whiskey, by the way, doesn't agree with you. No. So you are kind of a William Money in that sense. No, I wouldn't be able to hold a gun after whiskey. <laughs> I would be shaking or – yeah. It does not work for me. That uh, that opening title card, by the way, that I kind of lifted mm-hmm. in a cool way for the top of our podcast. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I love that too. It's just like just some simple words on a screen with this simple uh, music playing that Clint Eastwood wrote because he does the compositions for his own movies and it's just kind of rolling up the screen and it, it lends it kind of a very like novelistic feeling and then it's bookended by a, another title card at the end of the movie mm-hmm. uh, to kind of give it closure and that there's a real elegance to that. Uh, well, let's get into some Carla's quotes. Let's see what you said while we were watching this movie, Carla. Okay. I think they kind of thin out toward the end. Oh, yeah? <laughs> As usual. We did two sittings, right? We did two sittings. I think the second sitting you were in, like, let's just get through this mode. Okay. The first sitting was in, uh, where were we? It was... Uh, we were on the road. In Missouri, right? We were in misery. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't. It was... I don't remember. It was the second night we were on the road coming back. Oh, where were we? 
uh, Amarillo, Texas. Yes, it was yeah. in Amarillo, Texas. That's right, because we actually had a DVD player uh, in yeah, our hotel room. We had a room. fancy room. We had a fancy room in Amarillo. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was where a dog, two dogs, attacked our dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you rescued Benny from two yeah, giant we dogs. we were walking Benny behind so he could go to the bathroom because everybody's got to do it. And Even dogs. Even dogs. I would say especially dogs. Especially dogs. <laughs> and um, these two bigger dogs ran around the corner and just like – and I don't think they were actually going to attack him. I think that they were trying to play with him. Right. But Benny does not like big dogs and they ran right up to him and so he went for them to bite them yeah. <laughs> to get them away and then they started to come after him. And I was like – Here's what I, here was my, uh, fight or flight response. It was, hey, hey, hey! (laughs) That's all I could, that's all I could get out. Uh, but it was like a voice I didn't recognize. And then I immediately threw myself on the ground and picked him up. It sounds like you needed, uh, some sort of gunslinger to defend you in that moment then. Right. It was so scary. And then the guy. You felt like a hooker with her face slashed. Oh my God. What's the next segment? What are we doing? <laughs> and then what did the guy say? The guy was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And he was, but I was pissed and I like refused to speak to him. Yeah. Um, and he was like, Is he okay? And I was like, <clears throat> Yes. And I just walked away, not knowing actually if he was okay. Like I couldn't even look at the guy. People who don't keep their dogs on leashes, it's not. Sure. Okay. Maybe you trust your dog. Oh God. Here's the soapbox. It's, I'm about to start crying. Uh, maybe you trust your dog to be off leash. And that's totally fair because maybe you have an awesome dog. <laughs> Some of us have dogs who are very neurotic. And so if your dog off leash runs up to a dog who's afraid of dogs and our dog starts to attack, then of course your dog who's, who's normally pretty cool is going to fight back. So that's the problem with off leash dogs, people listening. <laughs> But Carla, this was Texas and, you know, the government, you know, just getting in our face with all these restrictions and these leashes that you want to keep our dogs on of like, why can't our dogs just be free? Good point. It's a free country. Don't mess with Texas. It gets cold in Texas. I didn't know that. It was real cold in Amarillo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we started watching the movie. We're in Amarillo, Texas. And uh, the movie begins with a a giant rainstorm uh, just to set the background of, you know, uh, I don't remember that. Big Whiskey, Wyoming. And uh, Carla said, this might be the last time we see rain for another year or so. Oh, because we were on our way back to L.A. <laughs> on our way back to L.A. But you were wrong about that because we had a big old rainstorm in we L.A. Did. as soon as we got back. It we brought great. We brought it with us. We ran in the rain <laughs> and sang songs. <laughs> <laughs> when the Schofield kid first meets up with uh, Clint Eastwood, he says, you don't look like no killer. And Carla says, but he's unforgiven. <laughs> That doesn't even make sense. Well, <clears throat> it's not my job to make sense of it, Carla. It's only my job to report the words that came out of your mouth. Uh, you were just anxious to say the uh, the title of the movie. Um, I feel like Clint Eastwood's been a 70-year-old man forever. I mean, how old is he here? 50? 90? <laughs> <laughs> he does. He looks exactly the same always. In truth, he was 60 years old, I think, when he did this. Oh, he's super old now then. Yeah, I think, uh, what is this? It's 24 years later. So I think actually he was 62. I think he's 86 now. Wow. So yeah, he's, I bet if we see him at the Oscars this year, he will look older. Okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, the guys try to make it up to the, uh, the whores and offer them a pony. Can you start to say ladies? <clears throat> Cause they're the only women in it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so we'll know who you're talking about. <laughs> The, uh, yes, after the ladies put the bounty out on the, uh, the guys, they try to make up for it by offering a pony, uh, a good pony. The men, the men try yeah. to give them a pony. Yeah. Uh, and Carla said, and then they reject it. The women you know, reject it. The women reject it. Uh, and Carla said, women are so annoying. They overreact. She should have taken that pony and sold it. <laughs> So there you go. You're selling your sisters up the river I there. I totally girl. did. Oh, man. Maybe it's just earlier in the movie. You didn't know how things were going to shake out. Right. But, uh, you know, that's even with like these this guy who, uh, you know, slashes her face at the beginning. We never really get to find out who these guys are or what their story is. Yeah. Um, 
and we only really hear from the other guy who's his friend who seems nice and that's the guy they kill first and it's really awful when it's he's really dying. It's really sad because he's like, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong, you know, so that there's really yeah. no nobility. And then the other guy, the Schofield kid kills him and he dies on the toilet too. So he kills him in the outhouse. Right. So it's, it's just really like a pathetic and cowardly way to kill him. Uh, just, uh, Restating the themes of the movie. I'm going to restate the re themes. I'm going to restate the re themes of the movie, like David Reweb Peoples. Peoples. Um, yeah, about 15 minutes in, Carla says, I don't really remember this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got two kids that are maybe eight and six. Yeah. Uh, his wife is dead and they're just running this hog farm together. And, uh, when the Schofield kid comes and makes him the offer, uh, and he decides to, for whatever reason, to, to leave with him. He wants the money, I guess. Uh, Carla says, he's just going to leave his kids? <laughs> and he, he just leaves them there on the farm. And Carla says, talk about latchkey kids. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of this hog farm for two months while your dad goes to Wyoming. Were you a latchkey kid? Not really, no. So your parents were always home? No, my mom sold real estate, so she was off and out. I guess there were times where I'd get home from school and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Our, our, as you know from going uh, home to our house, they often just leave the uh, door unlocked. I know. Don't say that <laughs> out loud. I mean, right there in Woodbridge, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> they leave it unlocked. It's so crazy. They're about to move out of that house and uh, they've got a lot of shit they don't need. So if people come and take some of that <laughs> stuff, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a load off my mother's mind uh, if you can steal some of her stuff. Uh, but for a while, we had one of those hidden keys in a rock in the garden. Mm-hmm. It looks like a rock. Actually, it looks clearly like a plastic thing designed <laughs> to keep a key. Oh, really? Wait. You've that's, never seen that's one of those? Thing? Yeah, there's a fake rock that you can put like outside to keep a spare key. That's in. funny. Yeah, for the latch key what kids. What a waste of plastic. <laughs> Just use a real rock. Put it under the real rock. When uh, somehow the story about the lady who was knifed <laughs> uh, gets out there and it's kind of blown out a little bit uh, and the and, – they had said uh, that they had cut her teats as well, which is not true. Right. Um, but Carla said they, they're going to keep talking about how they cut her tits off. This movie should be called Cut Your Tits Off. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. That was, Carla, oddly enough, that was a working title. <laughs> they decided it didn't test well. Cut Your Tits Off did not <laughs> test well. <laughs> was I half asleep when I said that? I don't know how much asleep you were. Uh, are you I trying to get? Honestly, don't remember. Are you trying to get off loud. the hook? Are you trying to get off the hook for saying "cut your tits off"? No, it's funny. Yeah, I just—it's too funny. Uh, it doesn't I sound like me in that moment. You were more you than I've ever seen before. So, <laughs> ever, ever. Um, <laughs> let me see what this is in reference to. Uh, oh, <laughs> when uh, Ned Roundtree, Morgan Freeman is married uh, or has this um, woman he lives with. Uh, yeah. I don't know what their marital status is. Right. Uh, who is a uh, Native American woman uh, who I, I think doesn't say anything. She's very, uh, she's very stoic. And she kind of, as they're leaving, uh, she kind of stares at the rifle and kind of stares off into the distance. And that's all we ever see of her. And Carla's like, uh, Oh, I think in reference to Morgan Freeman, he's like, bitch, I don't care what you feel or think. I got to go do a man's job and you got to sit here and stare into the distance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he didn't ask her if it was cool if he left or like, (laughs) like, didn't check in with her. He's just like, oh, my my man friend came along. I've got to go do this thing. (laughs) You stare into the distance. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. She'll be all right. (laughs) Um, and Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman's chemistry is great, of course. It is, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many movies they've done together, but they were a great million dollar baby as is well. Is that on your top 100? It's not. That's a whoof. Ooh, that's a whoof. That's a whoof. That is a whoof. I would say that's a great film. I haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe it's time to rewatch that. Um, that at least, that is centered around a woman. Actually, that's one of the movies where I couldn't breathe. I was crying so hard. At the end of that film, I'm going to start crying thinking about it. Move on, move on, move on. Mokushla. No. 
Makushla. Um, yeah, Morgan Freeman finally won the Oscar that he had been nominated for several times uh, for that movie. Oh, not for, not for Unforgiven for, for Million, million Dollar for, for Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, this must be. I don't know who you're talking about here, but it m- probably William Money. You said he's very self-aware. This character must have gone through a lot of years of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe you making fun of the directness of the dialogue. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, there's this whole conversation uh, between Morgan Freeman and uh, Clint Eastwood where he's talking about of like, uh, well, you ever go to uh, one of those whorehouses? You know? <laughs> and, and he's like basically saying of like, you know, that he gets lonely and he like he needs to, you know, get his rocks off. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and uh and so it's kind of like grilling Clint Eastwood about that. And Clint Eastwood's like, no, I don't do that. And Morgan Freeman's like, so you you just use your hand? Yeah. <laughs> and Carla's quote was, what? <laughs> like she, did, she didn't want to see a conversation about masturbation between no. uh, Morgan Freeman and Clint Eastwood. Who does? Well, Nobody. there's an audience. Uh, <laughs> and cut your tits off too. <laughs> this could be a whole masturbation segment. Uh. Um, here's Carla recapping. This is, uh, about an hour in. We're an hour in and nothing has really happened except some lady got her face cut up. <laughs> Notice how I said lady? <laughs> well, that was, that's yeah, very formal of you. Uh, this is such a bummer of a movie. I don't understand why the British guy was yelling at the prostitutes like they had done something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, English Bob is sent out of town. Uh, on well, a carriage. Gene Hackman just beat the crap out of this guy and takes away like his guns and does all this horrible stuff. And as he's leaving town on the carriage, the British guy starts yelling at the women like they did something. I think he's yelling at the town in general and okay. they cut to a shot of the ladies. But yeah, I could see how it could be interpreted that way. <laughs> uh, Early on in the movie, you kept saying, like, all oh, right, Clint Eastwood dies and this, Clint Eastwood dies. That's right. Clint Eastwood dies. I was making it up. I didn't know. And then you're like, oh, maybe he doesn't die. And then when he gets sick, uh, yeah. he gets like pneumonia or something. You're like, oh, he does die. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't but remember. Spoilers ahead. He doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't die. die. Well, I mean, he does because it's the 1880s and he's, de- he's definitely not alive now. Right. You know, at some he point. He dies eventually. In he his does life, eventually. But not, not on screen. He does eventually die. Um, Carla at some point got bored and just started talking to Benny. And uh, you said, Benny, are you a Clint Eastwood or a Morgan Freeman? <laughs> what do you mean by that? What is the dog equivalent of those two actors? Uh, are you a leader or are you a follower? Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you think that Morgan Freeman's going to be the leader. Why do you think that? Because he's like jazzed about killing someone. <laughs> and Clint Eastwood's just like, uh, and then yeah. Morgan Freeman it kind of flip flops. Can't do it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Where did we watch the second part? Here at home. We did. Yeah. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I thought we still watched the rest of it on the road. No. Okay. We watched it maybe the night we got back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we finished it. Um. And then uh, after Ned chickens out, he decides to just go back home, take his rifle, and go back home. Uh. And Carla says he's just going to leave his friend. What a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Morgan Freeman here. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately he does not get to go back home because he's captured and then he's, um, murdered by <sighs> little bell. You're really just giving away all the details <laughs> of this movie. You guys, you guys out there listening, you, you've seen unforgiven, right? Um, and Carla at one point did want her revenge on little bill as well, because she said, I can't wait till his stupid face gets shot off. <laughs> <laughs> Who is little bill? Who is Little Bill? Yeah. It's Gene Hackman. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Can't wait till it. So Carla not getting the, uh, the message about anti-violence or, <laughs> or avoiding revenge. She's like, I just want, want this guy to get a stupid face shot off. Cause he's such a jerk. <clears throat> uh, why do we watch these things? <laughs> well, I know why you watch them because <laughs> I force you to. <laughs> uh, that it, you know, you still have three passes, by the way. I know. Or two passes? How many passes? Three. Three passes. I've watched everything. I didn't finish the Tucker one. Yeah. But I, I did enough. You, uh, you watched the requisite third of yes. that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
you asked me if Clint Eastwood was nominated for this movie, and I said yes, and you said, I figured as much. Seems like the kind of role that men would get nominated for. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But he's quite good. He's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's Clint Eastwood. He's He's, doing his Clint Eastwood. Great. He's doing his Clint Eastwood thing. He's very laconic, you know, but he's perfect for the role. He's got like dead eyes, and then he says stuff. (laughs) <laughs> that would indicate that he has some emotion and you're like, Oh wow, that's so crazy. Like he's, he, he doesn't feel anything, but he says stuff that would indicate that he does feel something. Oh, must be a great performance. <laughs> I think he's great in this. Uh, and then you just grabbed your laptop and said, I'm still listening. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I can't watch this You couldn't anymore. watch anymore. But I did. I watched it. I was just scrolling <laughs> through the internets. Uh, I think this is during the conversation about free ones because uh, you're mocking Clint Eastwood and you're like, I've got morals, which means I'm going to die in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> free ones meaning free sex. Free sex. From the ladies. <laughs> the uh, the character of the Schofield kid is intentionally annoying, I think. Sure. And uh, – I think the actor is maybe not great, though I think he's really good in that final scene after he's killed the guy and he's like uh, – and he keeps talking about how great it was and then finally he breaks down and kind of like admits that it was awful killing this guy and then he can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but he also talks a lot, particularly like, like – and he can't see is the other thing. So he's like, did you kill him? Did you shoot him? Yeah. Are, are you going to shoot him? Did you kill him? Did you kill him? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and Carla's like, I wish this guy would shut up. He's ruining the movie. <laughs> That's so funny because as you were just doing that, I was like, please stop doing that. <laughs> That's what I was You would think I wish Craig would shut I up right Craig now. I wish Craig would stop making that noise. Yeah. Um, the whole anti-revenge thing, by the way, um, do you remember that there was a remake of Ben-Hur that came out this summer? Nope. <laughs> it was like a huge like $200 million. Dollar. Jack Houston was in it. Uh, oh, I love him. I, I think he played Ben Hur. Uh, I don't, I, a few big name actors, but it bombed. Obviously. Of, of course, obviously. And I just read a quote from the director, um, who's like, yeah, it bombed because America doesn't want anti revenge movies. I guess they, they had uh, similar themes where it was like anti violence, uh, anti revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was kind of an interesting, uh, take on it that, you know, that we, but you, I'm sorry. That we want good versus evil stories. But you don't think that this, the theme in the end here was anti-violence, do you? Of Unforgiven? Yeah. Definitely. But he wins in the end by killing everyone. And he gets the money and he goes back to his family and they, they have a good life. (laughs) Like how is that message then, uh, anti-violence? I think it's because of the toll that it takes on him. Like he has to take himself to an ugly place in order to do it. You know, and throughout the whole movie, it's, uh, you know, and he talks about how he can't drink anymore. Like he doesn't want to drink. Uh, and it's this ugly side of him that he doesn't want to brought, be brought out again. And the Schofield kid keeps, you know, telling him these stories and anecdotes of like, I heard you shot three guys. And it was like, I don't want to talk about it. You know? Yeah. And that he's kept like that part of uh, him bottled up. And at the end, when they murder Ned, um, he starts drinking again and this ugly part of him comes out. And, but I think that's kind of like turning the tables on us, the viewer, which is like, do you, here's this big revenge scene, uh, where he kills everyone <laughs> at the bar. Is this what you wanted? Here's the, here's the happy ending, you know? So it's kind of like a fuck you <laughs> to the audience. Interesting. Um, and it, I think the whole thing is like just subverting, um, the, the principles of the Western, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in an interesting way. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I just saw that he killed everyone and then he got the money and he went home and took care of his kids. So to me, it was like, well, sometimes you got to be violent. (laughs) That was the message that you got. Well, sometimes violence gets you what you need to survive in life. (laughs) It's a hell of a thing killing a man. We all have a coming kid. Uh, And I see that that's the end of Carla's quotes. You really clammed up at the end there. Yeah. Um, I guess we didn't talk about my first time seeing this. Oh yeah, but I definitely saw it. I definitely saw it when it came out in Chicago. 
1992. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I saw it at McClurg Court, which I don't know if that theater is still around, but it's a downtown theater, uh, three theaters with big, huge screens. I saw a lot of movies there in the early 90s. Where downtown was it? On McClurg, <laughs> um, huh. like just off of uh, Michigan Avenue, just oh. off of the Magnificent yes. Mile. Yes, I know which one you're talking um, so about. So just a little north of the loop yep. and uh, like close to the lake Yeah, uh, is where it is. Uh, I, I saw uh, when the Godfather movies were re-released, I saw those there. When the Star Wars uh, original movies came out, again, with the new footage – Mm-hmm. Uh, they played there as well. I saw Sixth Sense there too. Cool. Uh, saw a lot of movies there. And Unforgiven is one of those movies that did not immediately make my top hundred. I liked it a lot at the time. Um, but I think it's grown on me over the years that every time I go come back to it, uh, I like it more and more. And I think that was the case again this time. Hmm. Um, where, uh, I, th- I think, uh, it seems deeper to me every time that I see it. Interesting. Carly, you want to give this a letter grade? I'm going to give it a D. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a D for what? Don't bother. <laughs> Is there a Western that you like? I guess not. I don't know. What are some famous Westerns? Oh, like famous uh, Hollywood ones would be like Shane. Never saw it. The Searchers. Never saw it. Uh, True Grit. Well, you oh, saw yeah. The, you saw the I Coen, saw the, Coen I saw the remake. Version. I liked that a lot. Did you like the Coen Brothers True Grit? I wonder if I still would. Um, that wasn't that long ago. Uh, yeah. Stagecoach. Nope. Red River. Nope. Uh, those are all like John Wayne movies. When I was a kid, my dad watched Westerns constantly. He, it was the only thing he watched on TV and I would always leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what ones he watched? No. And then there's like spaghetti westerns, which is how Clint Eastwood got his start. Right. It wasn't spaghetti <clears throat> westerns. It was like the other ones. So spaghetti westerns are like fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, good, the bad, and the ugly. I have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Really? Yes. Do you remember liking that? No. That's like three and a half hours. You know? I, I, I wonder if I watched all of it, but I do remember seeing at least some of that. And Once Upon a Time in the West, and those are the big Sergio Leone movies. Right. And then Clint Eastwood uh, did some other westerns in the seventies, like uh, High Plains Drifter. Um, what else am I thinking of? Pale Rider. What What was the first movie where he kind of um, got out of his western? Uh, well, uh, Dirty Harry. Oh, Dirty Harry. I think maybe uh, that's what I've seen. Maybe it wasn't the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Okay. Is there like a naked lady in Dirty Harry? I bet there is. It's the 70s, right? Well, Dirty Harry, he's a cop in San Francisco. Good, the bad, and the ugly. It's a Western. Oh, no. Then that's a different thing. Then it was the good, bad, and the ugly. But I think I also did see Dirty Harry at some point. Okay. That's a pretty good movie. Um, I don't remember how I felt about any of it. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Well, uh, do you want to do a little khaki theater? Cool. Okay. <laughs> C-A-C-K-Y, not K-H-A-K-I. Right. Uh, should we do the free one scene? The what? The free one scene. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who You're, do you want to play? I'll be the girl this time. Because <laughs> you do such a good – I would say I'm going to be Clint Eastwood, but you do a really good uh, voice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my, where am I? I'm uh... – um, how long have I been asleep? Um, mister, you've been asleep for... Oh, dear God. I know my face. I oh, no, up. I just, um, I was reacting that way because I wasn't expecting to see no one here. Oh, well, that's it's okay. Not, it's not your face. Are you going to let me talk for a second? I'm a man. <laughs> I brought you some food. Okay. Here you go. Oh, this is, this is a real good vittles. Uh, what'd you, what'd you put in this? Um, just some vittles. Oh, they're literally vittles. <laughs> Tender vittles? Yeah. This is cat food. That's uh, real good. Well, I can't afford that much, but oh. I can't afford to pay you with my body. Pay me with your body? How, how would that work? Well, sir, if you're interested in having a roll in the hay, literally there's hay everywhere. I see there's a lot of hay, but why would I want to roll around in it to, to only get them all my clothes? Oh, I understand. It's because my face, right? 
It's not your face. It's my face. No, it's I not hear, your face. I hear you saying it's not, but I feel Look, you're saying it is. I see that you're horribly disfigured. You have these scars there, but, uh, you know, you're real, real pretty on the, I, on the inside, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm still, pre- I'm actually kind of still pretty on the outside too. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you can get past the couple of lines of scars on my face, it's, it's really not that it's bad. A lot, though, honestly, I don't know. You can tell lot. that I have like high cheekbones and my eyes are. Oh, they're nice quite attractive, and I, my teeth are actually quite perfect for this era. Um, what era is this? Uh, you know, the 1800s when dental insurance wasn't available necessarily. I have, I have good dental. Do you? By the way, yeah, I'm a farmer. Oh, well, anyway. Um, what were you saying about a fruit? The fruit? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the horse just shook. Yeah, the horse did. The horse did just shake his collar there. Um, you know, what were you saying about the free ones? Oh yeah, the free ones, aka sex. Oh, oh, I was not getting that. I did not get that at all. Really? Because my dialogue is pretty straightforward. Uh, like you really can't assume anything else say, beyond yeah, what I would I'm say exactly direct, saying. Direct. Yeah. Um. So you're offering me sex. Yeah, I'm offering you sex. Look, uh, I, I just woke up from three days of having high fever. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, I, I just like to use, I don't mind. I like to use my hand. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Carla just broke out of that scene. Uh. <laughs> we know that that's the thing that triggers something in Carla. The phrase use my hand. Ugh. Um, I may throw that into our bedroom talk. A no. Bit. <laughs> Well, Carla, it seems like you want to move on from Unforgiven. I'm ready. You're ready to I feel m- like I did my duty. Okay. And uh, I bet you're anxious to find out what our next film is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, <do> you, <laughs> what kind of movie would you like to watch next? Something featuring a woman. <laughs> okay. I can deliver. I can deliver on that. You can? Yeah. Okay. The main character is a woman. Okay, what is it? Uh, this is a comedy. Okay. It's, in fact, a romantic comedy. You've got mail. <laughs> well, uh, I do. It's so early in the day. Come on. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, in fact, you might say that this movie invented the romantic comedy genre or at least perfected it. Okay. And uh, this movie is from 1934. And this movie uh, was the first movie to win the big for Oscars of picture, actor, actress, and director. I know what this movie is. What is this movie? It Happened One Night. It's It Happened One Night by uh, uh, Francis Capra, Frank Capra, uh, starring uh, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. I love this movie. You love this movie. I haven't seen this movie in several years, so I'm going to say that I loved it. Okay. And let's hope that there's not like all these violent parts in it that you don't remember, that you wiped out of your mind. for a while, this was one of my favorite movies. Okay. Let's see if it's still there then. And I think the DVD that we own is actually my DVD of this movie. It totally is. <laughs> Let's hope that it still works. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll dust off this old DVD, stick it in the player, and we're going to enjoy This is a really sweet movie. It happened one night, and it's going to happen next week. For real. For real, on Craigslist. So uh, thanks for tuning in, listeners, and uh, we'll see you next week. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.